and welcome to the Your Favourite Teacher podcast. For additional support materials, visit www.yourfavouriteteacher.com. Today we're going to take a closer look at the Burling's daughter Sheila and the role of gender in Annan's spectacles. Now, we have four women in the play. Edna, the parlour maid, Eva, the subject of the investigation, Sheila and Sybil. The play was set at a time where women did not have the vote and the best they could hope for was to secure a marriage as Sheila does with Gerald. Sheila is one of the more sympathetic characters in an inspector cause. While she begins undeniably spoilt and selfish, she matures throughout the play and seems deeply affected by the inspector's lessons. Women were of course naturally more submissive in this patriarchal society and Sheila starts the play with fairly limited power but what she did have, she abused by getting Eva sacked. She's inferior to her mother, father and fiancé Gerald and is reminded of a woman's place by the very traditional Sybil. When you're married, you'll realise. Mrs Burling fulfills old-fashioned female roles. She thinks that women should support their husbands and not speak out against them. Sheila begins to defy this, starting by playfully warning Gerald, so you be careful. She represents what Priestley hopes for social change. The concept of responsibility and community is one that Sheila soon learns and champions when the inspector leaves the stage. Priestley has Sheila repeat the inspector's warning, showing how much he has influenced her and her views. She chastises her father. These girls aren't cheap labour, they're people. Defying the submission naturally assumed for both her gender and her age. Sheila redeems herself in the eyes of the audience, accepting responsibility for the part she played. Now, during the war, male-dominated positions in the workplace had to be filled by women. This helped change existing perceptions. Men had to acknowledge the fact that women were just as capable as them. As a result of this, many women enjoyed a newfound freedom that working and earning money brought them. Not all men saw this change in attitude as a good thing and remained stuck in the past, holding on to the old ways. Priestley explores the impact of these new gender roles through the independence of Eva Smith and the sexist attitudes of Mr Burling. We can draw lots of parallels between Sheila and Eva and I imagine that helps Sheila empathise with her. Eva is a modern working woman. She's independent and fights for her own rights and those of others. Priestley needs people to recognise we are not so different from one another something that the world wars highlighted, where men fought and died side by side, regardless of class or status. A post-war audience will be much more inclined to adopt Sheila's attitude towards change rather than her mother's. Priestley would have hoped that by the end of the play, the audience have questioned their views on stereotypical gender roles. We've been discussing the character of Sheila and the theme of gender in Priestley's and Inspector Calls. We're going to discuss the two younger gentlemen in An Inspector Calls, Gerald Croft and Eric Burling. So, Gerald, Sheila's fiancé, and Mr Burling thinks all his Christmases have come at once because Gerald Croft is son of Lord and Lady Croft. A partnership with him will secure Arthur Burling firmly as upper class, something he has always aspired to be. He is a seemingly good catch. His father's firm are friendly rivals with Burlings and Co. And the discussion of the engagement is almost more of a business arrangement. Arthur hopes the union will lead to lower costs and higher prices. 
In fact, Gerald and Arthur Burling are much more similar than him and Eric, despite being closer in age. He listens to his advice, laughs at his jokes, and supports Arthur's sacking of Eva. You couldn't have done anything else. With the theme of young and old, Gerald's attitude fits much closer with that of Arthur and Sybil than Eric and Sheila. Priestley uses the character of Gerald Croft to bridge between the generations. The Burling parents, who are too set in their social ways to be changed by the inspector's visits, and the Burling children, who are very responsive, but possibly in a slightly naive and hysterical way. His relationship with Eva was posed as a type of rescue mission, which he uses to alleviate his own guilt on cheating on Sheila. She gave me a glance that was nothing less than a cry for help. Sheila suggests that his role was one of fairy prince when she is chastising him over the affair. As a result, she returns the engagement ring. Now, Gerald actually re-offers this to Sheila at the end when they begin to think that everything has been a hoax. He tells her, everything's all right now, Sheila. What about this ring? This suggests that he doesn't really consider the actions with Daisy Renton to be particularly concerning if the scandal is averted. He experiences relief and is quite smug when he deduces the inspector is not all that he seems. But that man wasn't a police inspector, I'm almost certain. He's certainly savvy to the inspector's tricks. The audience don't particularly blame Gerald. He wasn't deliberately cruel to Eva. But what is significant is the ease in which he dismisses their affair once it's finished, showing a lack of any real concern for the members of the working class. Priestley needs Gerald so that the audience are under no illusions that ill treatment of the working class is only done by this one Burling family. It's a widespread issue that Priestley needs highlighted to the audience. Now, Eric, he juxtaposes Arthur and Gerald in a number of different ways. He's certainly not very well put together and seems to be fairly isolated from the rest of the family. He is described as half shy, not quite at ease, and he finds himself laughing at some of the family conversations, suggesting that the hypocrisy and self-importance of them all amuses him. It's implied on numerous occasions that he's a heavy drinker and perhaps a slightly loose cannon. Right at the end of Act 2, as Mrs Burling denounces the father of the child and claims he needs to be made an example of, Sheila and the audience realise that Eric is involved. There is a bitter meeting between Eric and his parents, which the inspector interrupts so he can question Eric. Eric tells the story of his own involvement with the girl. He had met her at a bar and it's suggested that he forces himself on her, when a man easily turns nasty. When he met her two weeks later they slept together again and soon afterwards she discovered that she was pregnant. She did not want to marry Eric because she knew he didn't love her, but she did accept gifts of money from him until she realised that they had been stolen. Eric admits that he had taken £50 from Mr Burling's office and it is this that causes his parents fury. It's clear he feels unloved and unsupported. You don't understand, you never did. He could easily be the villain of this story as his treatment of Eva is dreadful, yet there's a vulnerability there. He's lost and he's clearly ashamed of his behaviour. Even when they believe the inspector to be a hoax, he says, the fact remains that I did what I did. Like his sister, his journey is significant. 
He moves from the morally reprehensible character to one who stands with his sister opposing their parents and Gerald. He represents Priestley's hope that young men can change their attitudes, behaviour and begin to care more for society than just themselves. So, there we have it. Two very different young men, both having relationships with Eva, both upper class and yet their reactions to their own behaviour are so different. Gerald is set on disproving Eva's death to avoid scandal and Eric is much less composed and knows his actions were wrong regardless of the outcome. Visit yourfavouriteteacher.com for videos, worksheets and everything you need to exceed in your studies. Thanks for listening!